1: Have indeed, found no proscenium, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, and welcome to episode 389. This week on the show, we chat with Terrence LeClaire and Dasha Kittridge, two of the three heads of Meta for You, the boutique actor led immersive firm that works on marketing activations all over the country and is based in here in LA. Immersive heads in LA know Terrence and Dasha from many a play here in town, so it should come as no surprise that the conversation to follow goes long on talking about acting and the art of immersive, often in the context of a brand activation, aka the thing that pays so many performers bills. In other words, it's a cozy chat with some friends this week here on the pod. Before we get into it, A big thank you to everyone we saw at last weekend's Imagineer Wells, the uh, kooky concepts club for creatives from Brett Jackson's live action attractions. Uh, It was a very fun and funny time. I had a blast watching the lot of you pitch your ridiculous ideas for Zoo, but open concept, and I'm looking forward to whatever the next batch of chaos brings. Brett puts on a great show. And honestly, y'all are the show, so you put on a great show. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, look for notes on when the next one is coming. Now, if you're in San Diego for Without Walls Festival this weekend, I'll be running around on a tight schedule this Saturday, literally like in at 11 a.m., out at 11 p.m., driving to L.A. back and forth. <laughs> Woo! But if you see me, say hi. Just know I may not be able to talk and do give me a heads up via socials if you're going to be there so I can be on the lookout for you. On the site this week, no rundown, but a long form feature about Colorado's Paralysis Immersive and their immersive horror production, Omega, from our Denver correspondent, Daniel Look, and a short interview with one of the board members of the Black Immersive Creators Grant, the deadline for which is April 30th. That's this Sunday. And yes, I won't let an episode pass without reminding you that the next stage immersive summit is coming up in just over a month. There's still time to get your badge and join the next great gathering of the immersive creative community as they come to Los Angeles for three days of dinners, salons, talks, panels, and forging bonds, so which will last a lifetime. Not only do we have guests from Riot Games, Meow Wolf, Moment Factory, Games for Change, The Royal Shakespeare Company, and La Jolla Playhouse, amongst others, but we've got badge holders coming from pretty much all the big names in Immersive. I I, I shouldn't tell you who they are because I don't have permission to. But if you're like, well, these people do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, So, so many. So many. Uh, after three years of planning and a pandemic that tried to hold us down, you'll want to be here when it happens. Look to the site for more information soon and for a booking link with our hotel partner, the ACE Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, just two blocks from the historic Herald Examiner building, which now serves as the campus for Arizona State University's California Center, our venue for this year's summit. Thanks to the folks at ASU's Herberger Institute for Design and the Arts. Don't let yourself feel the FOMO. Be the source of the FOMO instead. June 2nd through 4th at the next stage. Finally, a shout out to our latest backers on Patreon, Frank Warren and Marcy Hume, who are keeping us on the right side of our 3K a month goal. Thanks to them and to all our Patreon backers, I've survived another month. And looks like I'll be surviving next month too. Which is why I sound happy for once. Ah, in an era when there are big media cutbacks left and right, nothing in the landscape is certain, which is why it means so much that so many of you back the pod and the site. Remember, as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash no not only powers the podcast and websites for no pro and everything immersive, it also gets you into our member only discord. If you're already a backer, drop a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and share the articles you find useful on your social media platform of choice. It helps immensely. We are always no except on Insta where we are no underscore prosinium. As always, big thanks to our sustaining backers, Samuel Mustry, Chris Woolman, Samantha Davison, Eric Shamlin, Elaine, Daryl, John Bullett, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentis, Tom Leonetti Maguire, Winthorne, Ryan, David Bassick, Richard Ayers, Lonnie Hanson, Lekker the Cool, the Ministry of Peculiarities, and Jan Budman. We're also on the lookout for community partners who are up for working out special deals for our backers. Hit me up at, at com for details. It's been five minutes of this and change. Let's get into the show. Joining us today are Terrence LeClaire and Dasha Kittredge, who are familiar faces on LA's immersive theater scene, both with acting resumes as long as your arm. But they're here today to talk about Meta4U, the company which of late has been working on both coasts, doing casting and more for immersive activations, and today they're going to tell us just how that works. Hey kids, good to have you here.
0: Hello Noah, what's up? Hey.
1: Um, Terrence, Terrence, let's start with you. What is Meta4U and who's all involved?
0: Meta4U effectively is a consulting firm that provides immersive interactive services via talent, content, and consultation. I'm its founder and CEO. Dasha Kittredge is our creative director and often heads up our streamlined casting process. And Carly Blair is our managing director, and she also handles our dramaturgy, depending on research needs for each project. Uh, so that's the core team. But depending on the scope of each project, we also do bring on additional specialists and leads, coordinators, as necessary. And of course, huge shout out to our ever-growing network of immersive actors, performers, immersive persons, who we are so lucky to know and work with. So we are a uniquely actor-led entrepreneurial effort that's focused on improving guest interactive dynamics.
1: So how did this get started? because y'all are actors, Carly's also an actor mm-hmm. like and and you mentioned you know this is a very entrepreneurial effort, and I'm just kind of looking from the outside and seeing there's there's all kinds of i guess maybe let's start with that like what are some of the activations that you can talk about that you kind of worked on to give people a sense of scope and scale like what have you what have you been up to lately? Like, yeah, yeah, is it popping back and forth between New York and here and I'm always just like, where are they now? Right.
0: Right. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'll take it back a little bit to like our first podcast together, Noah, back in 2018, I believe. Um, that's when, um, you know, the LLC was formed. And, uh, before that, uh, we were, you know, acting immersive, uh, theater, lots of shows during the golden age of L A D I Y immersive shows. And, uh, I was doing also a lot of um, live typewriter poetry, right? So I was uh, typing poems, and um, we were. I was telling Dasha like we noticed how like that that specific thing. There's a formula there, right? There's like a it's an interactive station. Uh, what this means is like okay, um, person with a typewriter typing poems for guests. It could be distilled to an immersive interactive experience that. Is rewarding, and the elements of it are: you've got uh, somebody at a typewriter, which um, you know at the time was more kind of out of place than now. Maybe everyone has typewriters, I don't know, but um, you would see somebody with a typewriter, so that would peak. Uh, and this is an o- open world setting. Um, this would peak uh, the audiences or the guests, um, the party goers' interest, and they kind of come up and say, "What's going on here?" Uh, then you would have onboarding, and then uh, you would have a one-on-one basically you'd have a moment where the audience, um, talks to the person writing poems and, um, how's this moment of, where the audience can feel seen and heard, uh, and really get that sense of presence and that they matter. Um, which is at the crux of all uh, our favorite immersive one-on-ones. Right. Um, And then afterwards, you know, a poem gets written and it's reflected, it's reflecting the answers to the questions that were during the one-on-one and the guest audience member participant gets to walk away with a poem, which is a memento of the occasion. So uh, it's just really wild because like within all those bits, um, you have the crux of uh, one of the main services like via consulting and talent that we provide for all these big agencies, which is um, having an element of all of these things, um, but at the very core of it, having those moments of um, guides who welcome audiences into a new moment-to-moment reality uh, where they get a sense of playfulness, presence, and feeling clever, right? So, um, and it's ironic because (laughs) Uh, Now with ChatGPT, you could probably, that mechanic of writing a poem is like, can probably be taken care of from that, but what ChatGPT and AI hasn't quite mastered yet is that feeling that when humans are together, um, there's that energy exchange. And uh, within the hands of a a skilled, immersive actor, um, there's even more the possibility of having the audience member feel like they were given a chance to um, be present and really be heard, seen, acknowledged, validated. And that is what we try to instill in all our activations, whether they're for launch parties you know, or whether they're for TV, film, That's really what's at the heart of all of this. Um, It's funny because we're on Zencaster now and I can't see either of you. So it feels like I'm talking to a void, but I feel your presence and the intention is there to connect with you. Uh, And sometimes like in VR, that's all you get. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Um, did that answer Uh, your question? That kind of took us back to 28 a little bit.
1: No, you you kind of you kind of got to the into the, the the origins, and you got into sort of the the, the heart and the soul of mm. it, right? And 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 what's interesting, of course, with like both of you is like you know you've you've done the live, you've both done you know the VR, right? You were both part of uh, you know the underpresents, mm-hmm. uh, and and you've done these marketing activations. Um, Dasha, maybe we'll turn to you for a second here, because um, I know you've you've done some creative direction uh, of late uh, with some of these. You bigger properties. I don't know if you know what you guys can can't talk about exactly, but what's the approach you find yourself taking? You dealing with something uh, that is already an established piece of IP, already has a agency who've you know done a lot of the creative who've who've brought the client you know to that point where they're bringing you guys in to execute on the live part of it. how is that different from doing a piece of immersive theater or strapping on an Oculus and, you know, beaming yourself into South by Southwest?
2: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, it can be quite a difficult balancing act because a lot of the time we aren't even able to watch the episodes of that show that is premiering that we're promoting. So and just because of the nature of the legal going on and just that they can't show it to X amount of people or people that are subcontracted out. um, Sometimes we're able to kind of see the whole picture of the story that we are promoting. And then sometimes we can't, and we're just able to get some bits and pieces. And then um, I typically have like a list of things that I ask about, you know, what are things that, you know, we shouldn't say, <laughs> what are, where are the boundaries then? How can we find the room that we are going to be working within, uh, story-wise as well? So that leads to sometimes, um, well, always having to cast very good improvisers, mm-hmm. um, that then if they're kind of being asked or grilled questions by a super die hard fan and the immersive performer literally does not know the answer to the question because they have not been allowed to watch the first episode of the show as, um, happens, you know, more frequently than you, that you might expect, um, there's a way to bring it back to the playful circumstances of what is going on in the world right there that has been created for the activation and what the action is that's going on. So I think, um, it's, it is truly a, um, a challenge, uh, to coordinate and give permission to your actor, but not too much permission to then Make up storylines or narratives, and you know there are certain things that you definitely want to don't want to do in those kinds of circumstances with a very uh, specific and protected intellectual property. So yeah, it's very different than than a play where like you know you've read the whole thing, you know it inside and out, you can ask the director hmm. um, many questions. So sometimes we're kind of being these translators um, where we have been able to see something and watch the episode, but then our cast isn't. So it really depends on the piece that we're doing Um, and just always asking more questions than uh, less questions to our personal higher-ups on the activation is, uh, you know, never assume that it's okay to improv around something with an IP. It's just better to, to ask and get real, real specific with um, how to take these kind of vague gray areas and, bring it back to what the focus was for the actual activation.
0: Yeah.
1: And then sometimes you guys have to like do that in front of the people who actually made the thing, right? Like has that been, has, so like you, you've got this like job of you translating the vibes Mm -hmm. of, a show into something live and then no pressure, the director and writer are coming through yeah. in five minutes, well, th- by the
0: way. There's a great example right? of that yeah. was uh, working with Campfire who are amazing and brilliant. Um, we did the Hunter's experience in Highland park. Um, and I remember that. One. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great example of like, not only was the IP sort of not to be used like uh, the trick is the, a big pitfall with immersive right it's just like uh with a, a branded activations it's like oh let's have the characters from the show there it's like I, immediately that's just more and more people understand how problematic and not fun for anyone that can be sometimes um but so especially for this IP which was hunters which is a, a show about nazi hunters um so the, there was like first of all we couldn't really to an open world because there's people walking down the street couldn't really mention what the, the subjects of the show uh because out of context there's
1: uh he's just gonna run around screaming about nazis
0: yeah yeah uh, exactly in the
1: of uh, park right. on a saturday night in front of the movie theater yeah
0: it's Could it, it wow, might right. might be a tad bit Whew, triggering yeah to? yeah so it's uh so exactly so um very confusing and disturbing i think is what it would. Have been. that's exactly it and it a very I, active night that day yeah right? yeah so like <laughs> i know that was why no um That's part of what we consult is immersive blind spots like that, where it's like, look, the audience doesn't have your script or context. So they're not necessarily going to be exactly on the same page with you. And they're not exactly, they're they're possibly not going to find that Easter egg immediately. Like somebody who has all the context of a script. But in this case, this was really cool because, uh, and again, that's a testament to um, campfires uh, brilliance. Um, The, we were, Creating the scene, which was like the collateral um, or the just tan, the uh, peripheral scene of like what uh, that the vibe of being in New York in 77 would have been like, right? So um, we don't touch the subject matter, but the theme of the subject matter, right, is um, the first episode, which is what uh, the audience got to see. um, It's basically you could distill it down to there's a kid. Um, and he, w- he wants to, um, do something, <laughs> um, this is super watering it down. And he, um, joins this group of people who allow him in so that he can do that thing. Right. Super distilled. And so what that experientially looks like, uh, for somebody who knows nothing more, it's like, we have these characters, all of them are in, they're all like, they're all together they're all on on the same team community kind of um they're they're what am I trying to say they're all part of the same gang or something you know they're all like part of the same group right. and um as audiences come through the audience they'd given the audience member a chance to sort of join the group and uh once they were in with the group they'd be like okay you're in with me you're in with these people. Um, you can go talk to this person, that person, etc. Um, and it's so funny, because this is also like what we consult about, is um, just what translates experientially to audience members. Very often, um, it's it's so different than theater. It's almost like the word theater shouldn't be used anymore in that sense. And I know we've talked about that, about how funny it is. It was David Bassick actually, who said, it's funny that the word theater is used for plays because you don't go to a sport and say stadium you know i'm going to see stadium tonight right um but anyway i uh, tangent um it, it's it's more than theater experiential uh events are much more about play and much more about audience discovery in the sense that less is more oftentimes um you have a group of people that look intriguing much like the typewriter station in this case they were people dressed like New York seventies types. Um, they're intriguing. The audience comes up to them. So they, uh, the actor then onboards the audience member and uh, makes them feel welcome, makes them feel seen and heard. Like I see you, you're with us now um, and then invites them to the adventure and then they can explore afterwards with these feelings of being welcomed. And that's plenty, you know, that's um. It it doesn't need to be like, okay, the year is New York 77. You are this, and I am this, and this is this. This is like uh, oftentimes, um, I feel like as humans, that's just way too much information. Um, There's the immediacy of play of just like, okay, I'm working a malt shop. You're walked into my malt shop. So here's a milkshake. You know, that's a terrible example, but.
1: That's it's only terrible because now I want to, yeah. It's, it's a delicious a example, as
0: actually, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, stop it, the immediacy in detail. Milkshake, yum, yum. Okay, so it's a strawberry milkshake, and it's uh, the year is 1950. Oh, okay, now I'm done, but kidding. you see what I now mean? I'm like, right, right, you just Stra- strawberry. Uh, you lost me at strawberry. So oh, Okay, good. I'm, I'm, well, I'm there you man. go. So, I mean, that's yeah. immediately the audience will be with you, or you'll lose them, and so meeting the audience is also what we instill to all our performers. Um, You got to meet people where they are because everyone's going to be coming at you with different things. Just like uh, there's a book, Boleslavsky, Richard Boleslawski's First Six Lessons. He says an actor has to have the concentration to command everyone's attention in the theater, no matter what their day was like. And I think as an immersive actor, you do that, but it's on a one to one basis. Like you repeat the process multiple times with each seat, with each audience member, uh, which is very exciting mm-hmm. and fun. Oh, and the fun of meeting people where they are is beyond actors. And we can talk a little bit about that. And I'll, 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 I'll pass it on to Dasha about this. But like a really fun thing that we do, like for instance, Hunters a lot of those positions were traditionally brand ambassador positions, right? So people in a t-shirt handing out samples. Um, and as we all know from passing people who hand out flyers on the street, that it's an old paradigm that doesn't really work anymore with audiences. Audiences are almost trained to avoid that. Um, so instead uh, we reactivate it by having the brand ambassador be like these um these meta brand ambassadors, uh, meta in the sense of like big picture, where they can step in and out of world, depending, uh, on a case by case basis with each guest. So, uh, let's say the guest comes in and they have a fragile grip of reality and they're like, this isn't the seventies, this isn't New York. And then those brand ambassadors can playfully be like, Hey, you're very astute. That's true. (laughs) It's an activation for a TV show by Amazon prime. Um, But if somebody wants to play along, then the same actor can play along with them. And having that fluidity of being able to play um, is at the core of the experience. Um, Because once you establish that connection with the audience member, with the person, then you can take them anywhere. But first you need to have that connection. So yeah, um, that's that's the thing we love working on.
2: It's interesting that Yeah, that made me realize that, you know, there's a range where sometimes they really want a differentiation between the brand ambassadors and the immersive performers. Sometimes they want a fluid mix, like Terrence is describing, someone that can, you know, facilitate and answer questions about the premiere date or or the IP itself, um, but then also be maintaining the world that has been created. Um, So it really depends on the creative team Mm -hmm that has designed the activation. So sometimes, uh, it is imperative that the immersive actors or what did you call them, Terrence? The, the play facilitator, uh, (laughs) in world building entities, (laughs) um, that they are, uh, actually just holding the circumstances and are committed to the circumstances and don't break that no matter what, because, um, it has been designed that, that will really break the experience. Um, and I in those positions as a performer, honestly, the more committed the immersive actor is, the more permission the audience receives to play at that high level that the actor is offering. Mm. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you're reading an audience member that seems kind of maybe uncomfortable or like, you know, they're not an actor or they're just kind of maybe not comfortable speaking in front of small groups or large groups of people and there can be kind of a desire to maybe stoop down to that audience to kind of break world, to help them be more comfortable. But in my opinion, you're actually doing them, you're doing the whole world a disservice by doing that um, and the brand a disservice by doing so. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, if they're confused, you can clearly tell them who they are and, and what we're focusing on, what to do, what the task is at hand and be very clear and, sometimes that immediately helps get them into oh okay and it clears up the confusion but i do think that um i see a lot of success where uh there is this kind of commitment of not breaking and mm-hmm. then separate a separate team perhaps that you know because we, we cast both brand ambassadors hybrid immersive actors brand ambassadors or uh you know a brand ambassador plus mm-hmm. kind of uh, <laughs> position um so anywhere on that spectrum we could offer and we do and we have cast um two separate teams sometimes, or one team that does both. But it is important to communicate that to our team um, so that people know they want to be directed uh, as an audience. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to know what to be clued into, to how how to play this game, what am I doing? Am I roaming around, or am I do I have something to actually do here? Um, yeah.
1: It's interesting. You, you said like people want to be directed, right? You know, like, like that, that I, I, just, I just zeroed in on that thought that you had right there. Like people want to be directed. Cause it sort of implies that when someone's in this kind of brand ambassador plus scenario, they're one part actor, one part sales associate, mm-hmm. one part yeah. director, mm-hmm. because yeah. you know, the, the audience being participants being, you know, interactors, uh, need some side coaching to kind of get into the spirit of the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's yeah. right on. Cause I, I, it's funny, just like what Dasha was saying, like, um, if we, we advise on this, it's basically like you're the agency is making a commercial, right. And the commercial is like this national commercial. So, um, you want to cast actors that are really just completely in line because otherwise all the money you're spending on budget on on sets and everything like um, it's it can so easily fall apart depending on your front line and your front line are the people who will be welcoming your guests like it's it's just so important uh, and it is uh, the cornerstone of these experiences where it's um, having a person there because they're the ones. It's kind of like, okay, so you think of marketing as the word of mouth marketing, best form of marketing. That's when your friend is telling you, oh, this is, this is awesome. Check it out. You don't even think twice that you just check out that thing. So a, an immersive actor somebody who understands interpersonal world building and who can direct themselves and also play and also just make the audience feel comfortable. Someone like that has the power of just immediately Uh, assuming familiarity and becoming the person's best friend. Uh, And then after that, it's like, yeah. And, and what, and I happen to have this thing. It's also like this saying we have called endow the swag. Right. So it's like, rather than just be somebody in a branded t-shirt handing out like buttons for the TV show um, this immersive actor uh, becomes the best friend to the audience member first and foremost. And then they're able to be like, look, this is uh," rather than just hand them a button, which if you hand it like it's nothing, um, nobody's going to want it. It's like a flyer on the street. Mm -hmm. But if you endow it with story, with narrative and with emotional context, all of a sudden it becomes this life changing thing. Like for The Last of Us, we knew this was an IP that for 10 years, people were playing this video game and just completely immersed, right? They were just in this video game Um, just hours upon hours um, and it's such a big part of their life that we couldn't just, you know, hand out some of these pendants that say you're a firefly, you know, it's got so much more significance than that. Um, And having, so having immersive actors that understand that and making a moment out of it, all of a sudden the people just said, you have no idea how much this means to me. And they feel seen for all these hours that they played the video game and how much, time they devoted to, um, the brands. Um, it's really a chance to honor each individual on a one-to-one basis about their commitment to each brand. So that's why it's, it's so important. I, anytime there's a person there at your event, that's an opportunity to like leverage that, um, best friend factor of just having somebody, you know, not BSU. And just be there with you and just be open with you. Um and that goes to meeting the actors yeah, and, 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 and giving and, gifts yeah.
2: back, yeah, like you're saying with that. I mean, this this when the super fans for whatever we're promoting come in and they're dressed in you mm-hmm. know, in character or with, you know, a t shirt from that movie or show franchise. I mean, it's a wonderful experience to see the just huge childish grin on that person's face when you know there's this inner knowledge of this is someone that really knows this story or this world yeah. and to play with them and invite them they um you know when an in, when an intellectual property in a immersive cast they cohesively deliver this playful opportunity with a fan like that and kind of masterfully make a spontaneous feeling moment where this fan is be able to being able to become part of the world and really feel like they are part of it in that moment. It, you know, it's, it's the IP saying like, we see you, you are important to us. You are why we have become important. We value you. Mm -hmm. We love you. And that, that back and forth love is, is, um, it's really what it's about for, for at least marketing activations. It's a, like really fun to facilitate that to be honest and to you know and you are the best friend of that guest whether or not you're playing the villain you're kind of everyone's tongue-in-cheek wink-winking you know keeping the circumstance but kind of having that let's play pretend let's do this right now um that's when it really gets hit out of the park versus just you know kind of okay we have to do this thing so that people know about when it premieres and something like that you know and it takes a really trained uh performer to read people properly um, and to facilitate that kind of magical vibe and and to hold the circumstance uh strongly and and not letting it waver even if there's a heckler in a group uh-huh. trying to break the world.
1: <laughs> let's drill let's drill down into that for, for a quick second and then I wanna I wanna pop into sort of the business layer. So this idea of reading the audience, mm. is that something that you came, you know, preset into this world doing, or is that a skill that you feel you've developed over the years of being here in the in the immersive trenches? So interesting.
0: I, we both have different stories about this. I'm sure Dasha, do you want to go?
2: I mean, I definitely think it's a, it's a learned skill because even if you're an improviser and you do, I mean, I I did some UCB training for improv, but that's very different than improvising with a non-actor uh, that isn't expecting perhaps to even have to speak. (laughs) So, um, they're there. Yeah.
1: You don't know that this person wants to like take center stage, right. You know, and like start driving the scene. So it's a very different dynamic.
0: You know, a great training ground. Um, I think I gave them a shout out last time we did the podcast too. Um, so I, I did murder mystery shows for like years. And so, um, and, and, consistently like every week um and that's a great gym to kind of work out that muscle of cold approaching people and just reading people and really meeting people where they are because you can see as a human you can tell like when somebody's like that person is not into it and this person can't wait for me to talk to them um and and just having that understanding it's almost like a skill that any immersive actor that's done well first of all any immersive actor that's done a show has like the uh, under their belt that practice of just saying text directly to somebody and taking in their reaction directly. So having that under your belt helps generate this kind of empathy for your audience um, that translates to that kind of reading, right? Um, but more so, if um, open world, like more specifically, if there's like been open world experiences that they've done. Um, where you have to engage and you have to cold approach people that will teach you right away. And and it's so funny because I, I want to kind of go back a little earlier about like, you know, what Dasha was talking about and the reverse of that. And this is what a lot of companies don't sadly don't get. Um, and this is where we help them um, point out those blind spots is you'll have this amazing set, but then you'll leave like your staff as an afterthought and then just kind of like, Oh, I guess we need event staff. So how about, these guys right um, the problem with that and this is actually kind of an origin story of like why I wanted something like meta for you to exist um, was that it, there was this brand activation that these uh, that I did years ago right like uh, long before meta for you um, where it was very clever um, very creative but it required uh, a lot of cold approaching right and it would have worked if the right people were cast, if the right people were cast that had that sort of immersive actor thing of just like, I understand there's no stage, there's no fourth wall protecting me. I got to be in there. I got to be in it and I got to roll with it. And um, it's like theater Aikido where it's just kind of like whatever comes at me, that becomes the show. Um, It really is a skill um, developed uh, from doing lots of immersive theater. So the, It was a great idea. It was a great idea that they did, but they sadly cast a lot of people that I'm not sure where they got them, (laughs) but it was a lot of people that when it came to the moment, they chickened out and, uh, that it was just the worst. And it, I could see like the creatives being crestfallen, like, yeah, experiential doesn't work. And I'm thinking to myself, no, it does. It totally does. You just need the right people to jump in with you to bring it to life. Um, Because otherwise, and that's the reverse of it, it's just you leave it last minute, you roll the dice. We're in LA, we're very lucky. There's amazing immersive actors that, you know, are doing brand ambassador work everywhere. So you might get one of them, and then you're lucky because they'll save your experience. But otherwise, you know, you're rolling the dice. And you might have people who are just like, taking it as a gig. And they're just kind of like chickening out. And they're like, Oh, I don't want to go up to that person. They make me, you know, like, I don't know. I, this is dumb. I feel dumb wearing this costume. You know what I mean? Um, It's heartbreaking. And so really like one of the Yeah, a little little bit of the, you know,
1: I'm a costume character.
0: Yeah, like, you know, selling, selling, you know, something. And, you know, 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 I mean, if it's written that way, that's also thankless for the performer. So that's a twofold thing, because because we're all performers, we understand what we'd be down to do and what we'd be really into bringing to life. Right. And we're also um, that reverse of it, of just kind of like understanding what the job needs in order for it to come to life. Like it won't work unless you bring it to life. And that's where the magic happens. so yeah. that was I, I can barely yeah. relate.
1: I've I've never dressed up as a as a zip drive. Uh, in, you know, a, in well the zip a leotard. And okay, so what, San Francisco? That's that never occurred in my life. So
0: the zip drive experience so. could be something so much more fun. And it would begin. <laughs> it would begin with the zip drive just being honest with audience members because that's the thing. Is like you can't talk down <laughs> to your audience. Like Second City. Like always play at the top of your intelligence. This
1: technology is causes clip. Yeah, well ears.
0: exactly. <laughs> or just kind of. I'm gonna fail on you, and you're gonna lose all your files. Yeah. I'm
1: zippy the zip drive honestly yeah, yeah.
0: like that company yeah. with the zip drive like might have the dude or whoever's in there in that zip drive costume if they were connecting honestly with people passing by just being like it's really hot in here <laughs> you know kind of like just connecting <laughs> with the people they oh, they knew they would have they a new right email exactly. yeah they would have they would have a better chance of creating a, a long-lasting moment of truth on this godforsaken planet of just people connecting and people being honest with each other and being like, I'm a human, you're a human. I'm a zip drive right now. You're a passerby. Isn't this all weird? But anyways, uh, it was nice to meet you. If you need a zip drive, remember this or not. I don't care. I'm boiling in here. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 I think approaching events on that angle (laughs) for that zip drive experience, that could be a way to do it. Um, but then again, that's, that's, it's a lot of uphill battle with that one because it's already, uh, an old paradigm of just, Hey, let's put someone on the street to interrupt everyone's day to try to sell them things, which is already like, that's an uphill battle. So I probably, we probably would have advised that company to do an entirely different thing besides the zip drive costume. <laughs> Tangent <laughs> done. All right. Where were we?
1: Uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to bet it back towards Dasha. Uh, cause, cause it kind of accidentally interrupted mm-hmm. her there uh, you were talking about your experience you know working improv doing ucb stuff and and i and i and i got into that idea of you know the, the audience you, in an improv scene your partner's trained you you've got someone who has an objective or if nothing else has the desire to, to hog the spotlight like a certain zip drive uh, costume custom <laughs> wearing host uh and uh but but the, a normal audience member doesn't, and you having—I mean, we're friends, but like having seen you at work in this mode for so long, you have a particularly uh, adroit ability to just pull someone into the melodrama. Mm. And and I'm wondering, um, you know, it, it, is that a learnable power, or or is it something that you've sort of, you know, it, it's just it just Get stitched together through experience
2: I mean I don't know if it becomes stitched together through film acting or through you know regular stage theater acting I think it is more coming from things like the hospitality industry experience that I had I was a brand ambassador for like over a hundred marketing activations as a brand ambassador I was a host I did hosting and I've done a lot of things where you are speaking to another human being that is not an actor and you are kind of making them feel comfortable um maybe even like a stand-up comic would have some more of this natural innate kind of sensibility um, than a film Mm. actor i think a film actor is um not going to maybe have that intuition of uh you know that they are maybe going to take the circumstance and drive it home versus saying okay i see this look of kind of distance in my audience's eyes it looks like they're i'm starting to lose them you know and Mm -hmm. and in that moment you know a comedian might say hey you in the red shirt um to put them on the spot in an exciting moment way when they feel like they're losing that person or a part of the audience or something there there's something about this kind of experience of doing work where you're actually looking into the eyes Mm -hmm. of someone else that i think is developing it more than perhaps, uh, actor to actor performances, uh, that are kind of typical for, from acting training. Um, so I do think it, I think a lot of it came from that, to be honest, um, also kind of knowing and understanding what marketing teams have in terms of what their, you know, top line kind of high up, like what their metrics are for success versus failure in a event. Um, so, taking all those things and putting them together, uh, you understand what the takeaway moment, or like, kind of what the perfect idea of like what a person walking away from this would feel like, and what they would have gone through. Um, hmm. I'm not answering no, the question so in a very succinct way, <laughs> um, but I, I well, you're think in the right room, it's... then, Dasha. <laughs> We're not
1: doing a very succinct episode. <laughs>
2: I thought yeah. that was
0: brilliant. I mean, it's so true because it's like no, it all good. old acting teaches you to be presentational, so you can almost like fake it with another actor, and you're just kind of like, "We're both on stage faking it, ha ha," uh, you know. But like, you can't fake it with the audience yeah. member; they won't let you. Or with you can't fake it as a host, <laughs> you know, like as a or, no, that's yeah, true. With another human, and why would you? There's an opportunity to connect. There's an opportunity to be like. Man, here we are. No, there's.
1: I mean, there's plenty of reasons. There's plenty of reasons to just phone it in. I mean, like, let's be <laughs> sure. Real. Like, we all got reasons to phone it in on any given day of the okay, week. Okay, but you're but, right. the, but that opportunity, that opportunity to not phone it in. Yeah, week, you know, like that's the interesting thing that this affords.
0: Yeah, it's 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 the opportunity know? to not. phone it. You're right because you're absolutely right, and it's. I think I don't know. I, I, I mean, maybe as I get older and older, I'm like, ooh, every chance you get to do this you know, do it. Like, I think, I don't know if, uh, Dasha, if you approach shows that way, but it really is the sense of just every time you go, when we're doing lots of shows like theater, um, I just going in those moments, like, I I don't know, I would go in there like it was, I would never see the person ever again after kind of thing. Like (laughs) it gets really emo, but like just having that level of Um, reverence for the moment and the moment-to-moment reality you're creating together and the honesty that gets generated there of just like yeah here we are Um, you are here Um, it's a beautiful thing
2: yeah and being honest in terms of if things are not exactly going Mm -hmm. perfectly if some alarm goes off or someone (laughs) yells over this intimate moment that you're you know, having between if it's a one-on-one, you know, acknowledging that and making a joke about it, even if it's a serious circumstance that you were yeah. in, uh, is much better to kind of make the world feel real <sighs> suddenly and like the the interpersonal moment feel real. So, you know, simple things also like asking questions uh, to your audience, giving them opportunities, kind of reaching out the hand to have them feel like they're allowed to jump in there and and say something or do something or, or have a sense of a deeper sense of agency in the mm-hmm. moment. Um, taking an extra moment to look in their eyes that a little linger of like split second longer can suddenly go from having this simple interaction to suddenly, oh, well, why do I feel so much more seen it, suddenly just from a, extra second of really looking in someone's eyes. And you're
0: so good so, at that, by the way. I just want to shout that out.
1: I'm a, I'm also taking notes here for, for when I get back into the dating pool. Extra <laughs> second.
0: Immersive mm. dating. Right.
1: Okay, cool, 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 cool. No, no, Terrence. I'm cutting you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's we, we we've we've gone down into into the acting guts, which, you know, shock and surprise. Hmm not me. Um, but I want, because I think the thing that's even more mysterious, um, to a, a lot of the the listeners of the show, be it the folks who are going to these or who are making or hoping to make, um, how do you guys get pulled in? What does it look like when you get tapped for one of these activations? Is it an RFP process? Is it just a text in the middle of the night, you <laughs> up for some immersive? What, I, what does that look I like? I
0: made a joke to Dasha that sometimes it feels like there's a desk and some new producer steps into it and there's a post-it note with a phone number and it says, call Terrence. Because <laughs> sometimes it really feels like that, where it's just like, Hi. Um, I, I, I'm supposed to call you <laughs> or we're supposed to talk to you or something. I mean, that's a joke. Obviously, like we're really fortunate to have such a like amazing group of people that we've worked with now that just like our work and we, um, work great together. I mean, part of the service that we do, um, this kind of jokingly, but we, or we, we feel like we're project doulas sometimes where, um, this st- stuff's supposed to be fun and feel good and be effortless. And so um, bringing like uh, an empowering, encouraging vibe works for the actors uh, first and foremost because um, that's the energy that's going to be out on the floor is going to be that energy that is permeating throughout. But that also extends to production and to just how things happen and having that that feeling of we've got you is such a great feeling of just like, you know, no worries. We've got you on this. We can help with that. Um, so yeah, th- these are, these are all, uh, thanks. So, so to answer your question more succinctly, um, yeah, post-it note <laughs> and also, uh, emails. Um, it's, we're lucky that we're just kind of like, uh, we, we,
1: you're on speed. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Speaker, which up.
0: is really sweet. Yeah. And we're very grateful and fortunate for that.
1: So that but like it's true that sometimes we do have
2: to kind of oh sorry sorry to interrupt but it's true that sometimes we do have to kind of re go over you know what we have to offer and the nuance that we can you know because sometimes in the companies that we work for there are rotating staff that you know one time we worked with one point person, another new point person has been told to contact us but they have never worked on perhaps immersive before mm. you know and so so there is sometimes um, maybe the company is the same but the relationship is new. So mm. um I think it, it, there is typically I I'd say with most of our contracts that we work on there is a bit of kind of you know re, reconnecting in a new way with this new person and and um a, a hearing, learning
1: curve new new relationships yeah. each time. Yeah. So so you, so you guys aren't in I guess things as a as a corner of the industry as a corner of advertising and marketing, at least from where you are sitting right now, you're not in the place quite where you're, you're responding to RFPs. It's, it's still like requests for pitches, a little more old. Yeah. 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 Like, or requests for, for pitches, requests for proposals. It's so funny. Like it, it's not quite there yet.
0: I think, well, you know, it's really funny cause I don't know, like it, we kind of have like a unique fun place that we're in because we love working with people and we love boosting like, uh optimizing experiences is kind of our forte uh so a lot of the people we work with the agencies we work with we're perfectly grateful for them to get the pitches and then work with them on it uh because that way we get to focus on what we like which is the interactive dynamics for instance we know we all know lots of amazing builders and set builders designers lighting sound all these people. Um, And so it's not necessarily a direction we want to focus in. And I think when you're like pitching for a a big project, it's you're definitely like executive producing this thing where you just have all the pieces in play. And I think part of metaphor use charm and power is its ability to be fluid and help with any and all of the immersive interactive services via talent, content, and consultation. So it's kind of like uh, it could be piecemeal, it could be uh, just certain aspect of it. But uh, first and foremost, consultation. Um, I think we become uh, a trusted advisor in the sense that um, the people we work with trust us uh, when we suggest, oh you you're going for this you're trying to do this i think uh we think that this might be the way to do that that this this would uh be more effective and and sometimes we have to do that on the fly and we have to do that uh with joy which is again that project doula thing um which is awesome uh because it's a holistic process to kind of bringing an event and party to life uh if if you're going to have If we're doing the interactive dynamics, then we're helping have effective conductors of the electricity that's going to come through the event. Right. So um, focusing on that. And whatever permutations it takes, like Dasha said, sometimes they'll be like, oh, so actors, right? And it's like, well, yeah, actors. But the reason why actors is because they're your human hosts of your event that are going to be guiding your guests through. They're going to be your first point of contact. They're going to be the first person your guest looks for if they have a question about something, you know, like um, it's it, and you could optimize that. It's an opportunity to uh, for it to be a memorable moment versus. Uh, you know, an awkward interaction of just like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> like we were discussing before. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, we definitely will pitch um, and have been requested to pitch uh, ideas, but usually there is already something that exists, um, I would say, with, with typically when we are kind of brought into the mix. Um, and then we're, we're continuing to kind of pitch off of the initial concept. Um, so it does happen. And then some, you know, sometimes the referral that we got, you know, we, it was just phrase that we're just staffing, you know, and that that's all we do. And so then, um, you know, the, the angle in which you came in and how you were referred, uh, we have all these other skill sets. but if that's all they really need and everything else is figured out, then it's actually kind of getting in their way to be trying to pitch Mm -hmm. new ideas. So we really, kind of pride ourselves that it is kind of a curated um, angle that we're coming from. We're kind of helping and curating what you need for this particular puzzle piece that we are kind of coming into. Yeah. And the
0: seamlessness is like part of the magic trick. If sometimes people don't know and don't want to know, they're just like, make it awesome (laughs) with the right people. And it's like, we got you. And they won't know that it's because of all the stuff we talked about um, just now they'll just be like, oh, okay, it's because they know great actors. And I mean, yes, that's part of the answer, but it, more specifically, there's a lot more going on that might not be immediately noticeable. Um, but in terms of pitches, what's really interesting is like, yeah, I mean, so shows like Best Night Ever and things like that, right? Like, um, you know, we, we're, we're both from the L.A. <laughs> immersive scene, you know, uh, site-specific one-on-one stuff is – we, I mean, I don't know. It's my favorite thing in the world. Um, and so, uh, in terms of like pitching stuff, yeah, uh, that that happens more maybe like on uh, creating shows and stuff um, rather than for the big brand IPs um, that we we like working with uh, the bigger agencies on those. Uh, for doing our own shows, that's something else. Activating spaces, we love that site specific um and also just uh consulting in places that you wouldn't necessarily think of um as as being some place that a- immersive interactive services could come into play but like we've discussed many times i mean the word immersive means everything and anything right so um it 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 be- it, it does now. Know. And it basically, I mean, I th- i feel like it, it just means being in the moment. You want your audience member to be in the moment. Okay, done. Uh, interactive services, that's what we do. So that can be any event or any hospitality, any kind of place um, where there is interactive dynamics present. And how do you optimize those with doing that seamless magic that we do in terms of, uh, like Dasha said about the eye contact, there's these little like secret techniques um, gleaned from years of performing in immersive theater that lend themselves so perfectly and so subtly to all these other places that people would never even think is a theatrical venue. Um, But uh, the world's a stage, especially with immersive. So uh, that's really exciting when getting chances to just boost and optimize events like that, where you wouldn't necessarily think, Uh, where you, maybe like you might think like, oh, making it immersive would mean like bringing in a bunch of costume characters to do something wild with it. When really it's, it can be much, much more subtle than that to make the audience feel seen and heard in ways that they never would have thought of before. We love delighting and blowing people's minds like that.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Well, if people want to connect with you so that you can delight and blow their Uh,
0: minds,
2: how do they find?
0: Post-it note. Um... (laughs)
2: just leave a post-it note on your own desk yeah Yeah. somehow magically yeah yeah or
0: you know the website's good too um metaforyou.com uh we like having it be the hub so uh if you just kind of hit us up through there uh we'll get it and um that's that's probably the best way to get in touch with us we've like we've we've crafted kind of over the years i I, this is our fifth year now um doing this which is awesome yay um over the years like uh we've crafted a sort of secrecy to our work which i think like a lot of the agencies we work with really like that and so the people who know to look for us in that sense find us and we become like um a secret weapon in that sense of just kind of like you know we'll we'll be brought onto projects and we'll boost them from the inside um so but
2: so we've done a lot of small scale mm-hmm. parties and events we've done two two real yeah. weddings you know there, there there are opportunities to to create and facilitate this kind of work in unexpected places yeah. unexpected events so um it's not just exclusively you know brand yeah, that's the most noticeable that,
0: um, clearly yeah um because it's a spectacle and they're amazing and fun and awesome, uh, but yeah, Dasha is totally right. That's uh, there's so many opportunities in so many places, and um, it's and and we approach every project uh, from the audience's point of view first and foremost, and then we find all the opportunities for people to connect because that's what it's all about, Noah, and that's what you, Dasha, and I are doing in this moment right now. We're connecting via ZenCaster. <laughs> fantastic all right well folks check the
1: show notes for the (laughs) links to the website uh or look and see if a post-it note has mysteriously appeared uh in your car if you're driving while listening or on your desktop computer uh until we meet again or until i find a weird post-it note somewhere it doesn't belong (laughs) dasha terrence thank you both for
0: being on the show this week oh my goodness (laughs) thank Thank you you so much
1: Once again, I want to thank Terrence and Dasha for being our guests here on the show this week. Check the show notes, not the post-it note on your computer. Check the show notes for uh, how to get in touch with Meta for you. That that also just popped. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to take it out, though. I, I see it on the, the waveform. Um I hope to see a lot of you at Without Walls this weekend Uh, And yes, you probably have noticed uh, uh, Like a brightness In my voice, uh, because yeah We did survive another month, and uh we just got some sponsor pledges on uh on the next stage. Uh one of which I should be able to announce next week. It's pretty cool. Uh actually maybe hopefully even both of them I get to announce next week. Uh it's just it's good to have that kind of level of support come in. Uh and also means that uh it, it takes a little bit of the pressure off us, so we go like, ah, we gotta sell these tickets. Uh but we do gotta sell these tickets. And uh there's uh so many people gonna be at this thing. Uh uh from uh, from all over and uh and if you've been on the fence if you've been on the fence just know no one does it like we do so like l- seriously i mean it i mean it those who have been to events i've run know no one does it like we do others try oh they try and they don't <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no i'm 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 for real with this one um another reason why there's brightness in my voice is because uh Blue Sky which was like a Skunk Works project that Jack Dorsey of Twitter was making with some folks uh before they sold Twitter and then Twitter got sold and then like Twitter was like we don't we don't want you anymore go away um and uh it's popping off this week and it's wild um uh, you know, uh, so sometimes unfortunately so uh, But nothing in the post-Twitter world has felt like Twitter until this And I'm a poster at heart, like I, I really am uh, And I need that fix, and I've been getting that fix this week um, uh, AOC's on there now um, Jake Tapper just followed me <laughs> Uh, it's it's wild, it's wild It's wild uh, uh, And uh, this is the part where you go like Oh, can I have a code? Yeah, I'm out of codes, man So uh, hopefully I'll get some more uh, I haven't been begging for them I've been begging for them for other people Who are cool, who I want to see their networks join uh, And it's still early days with the thing There's only like 40,000 people on this thing at the moment uh, Before like the Twitterati showed up and it's just it's it's an interesting little, uh, you know, microcosm of what social media is and can be. And and I could talk about it for hours <laughs> and I have been with people <laughs> the past two days uh, and then uh, late at night playing uh, Jedi Survivor, which came out and um, doing everything I can to get the next stage site updated. So uh, coming back to that, uh, you will now find. Uh, uh, a page about the workshops, uh, which has uh, three of the uh, descriptions for three of the eight workshops, but also the identities of all eight of our workshop uh, uh, instructors. Uh, which you know, I'll just I'll go from top of memory right now. Michael Tara Garver, uh, who many of you know, uh, you know, worked on Star Cruiser, has, you know, whose career stretches back to Sleep No More. Uh, Scott Expedition Company of The Nest, they're coming through. Uh, Celia Pierce of Playable Theater and the co-founder of IndieCade uh, has been has been looking to do a vi- uh, her piece since uh, the 2020, I think. I think the 2020 editions so were finally getting that workshop. Jessica Crean's doing one on creativity. Uh, Marcy Campos and Tommy Haunton are doing uh, a bit about... Um, uh, prototyping. That's that's the one that there's on. Uh, I'm not reading my notes. The Wild Optimists are doing one. Uh, Rachel Joy Victor is coming through to talk strategy, uh, which is her speciality. I've lost count. I don't think that was all eight. I'm sorry. I forgot somebody. I could look at a thing. Could I look at it? Th- no, I can't look at a thing. It's too late for me to look at a thing. <sighs> Why did I do that? Because I want you to know, and because I'm excited, that's why, um, the, the summit's going to be really special. Like I, I get so wrapped up in all of the production part of it that, and, and, and what's missing and what we need to do now. And like, this gets the next step. And like, where's the insurance cards and all that sort of stuff. And like, oh where's our EIN, um, uh, all of that stuff, (laughs) just just going through like that was my memory cache of like the last day um, that I, I forget what it is we've put together. Uh, I, I look at the holistic of it and um, we've still, we've, we've gotten, I think about just about half of the invited guests are up on the speakers and guests page right now. Uh, and just as I'm getting bios and headshots and I'm having time to do it, I'm, I'm putting more up there. So, uh, there's there's a whole bunch more. You'll you'll see a bunch more probably like Monday, Tuesday next week because I'm at WoW, uh because I'm running around. Because <laughs> I'm playing Jedi Survivor. Um <laughs> man, I need it though. I need it. Uh and yeah, um this is this is this is it's it's not you know, it's not what we were planning in 2020. It's not what we are planning in 2022. You know, we're not doing the festival thing, yada, yada, yada. But that doesn't mean that other people aren't. And uh, in the next week or so, uh, you'll also see some folks who are putting up work uh, around the time. And uh, going to give, you know, first shot at that to some of the festival, some of the summit goers. So, you know, we ain't done yet. It's only getting better. You should come through. All right. Um, don't you want to hang? do you want to hang with us? All right, enough of that. I got to get this thing up, uh, and I got to go work on the website. Uh, the associate producer of this podcast is Parker Sella. Uh, Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society and Solar of the Podcast. Special thanks to Siobhan O'Loughlin for voicing our intro. Uh, Siobhan's going to be there. Uh, the no Pro Podcast is written, edited, hosted, produced, and mixed by yours truly. I'm Noah Nelson. And until next time... I'll see you at the show.